Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, as my special guest, the last several programs has been Costi Hinn. Costi is the nephew of Benny Hinn, Costi's father, Henry Hinn, of course, Benny Hinn's brother. And Costi has been so gracious in sharing with us his testimony, how the Lord brought him to a place of genuine faith and repentance. And now Costi is... Uh, preaching the true gospel and is just soaking up sound doctrine like a sponge, like we all should be, regardless of how long we've been saved. All of us should be doing that as a part of our uh, ongoing sanctification. And so it's just amazing testimony, Costi, and what God has done in your life. In our last program, Costi, we were talking a little bit about the that for which your uncle is most well-known, of course, healing. Uh, I, would say, I would say your uncle, Benny Hinn and Oral Roberts, are... And, uh, yeah, those two, uh, the other one, just, what's the guy that in Oklahoma is, I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. What's his name? T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne. Uh, T.L. Osborne, yeah. Yeah. So, um, those three are probably, uh, three most famous or infamous, depending on your point of view, faith healers that, that have ever been. And, uh, so you told us in the last program, Costi, in all your years of being exposed to this and being a catcher up on stage, you have never seen a single verified, documented, no other explanation healing. Everything there are there are no organic healings. And by an organic healing, what we mean by that is someone like an amputee growing a new limb, or someone who is missing an organ, that organ growing, or missing an eyeball or something like that. And an eyeball, a real eyeball forms. I mean, something that cannot be explained, like psychosomatic mind over body, temporary feelings of euphoria. And that the only healings really are, are that, right? Constantly, I mean, just this people are in a closed environment, dim lights, you know, emotionally charged music, thousands of people, everybody's watching them. And so when the adrenaline gets going for a little while, you, you feel a little bit better, but then a new day dawns and you're right back to square one, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Never, never outside of the, the atmosphere of these healing crusades. And then another point would be never in a hospital or never in a sports field or, you know, I know there's some guys now on YouTube that are trying to do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, yeah. never once um, something either miraculous that broke the laws of, of nature that God instilled, you know, things like when the Red Seas parted and, and molecules are, are placed on either side and the children of Israel walk through. Um, so never miraculous things that we would see in Bible. And then, yeah, never organic healings, nothing that, you know, I never brought a friend who got healed. I never saw anyone. There were always stories that were hard to, or impossible to verify or people in this euphoric state who were just so excited and I mean who in their right mind is ever going to say you know I don't think that's real or I don't believe that you'd be shut down fired or dismissed as a, a hindrance to the anointing so quickly 
yeah. that nothing's really ever questioned. Nothing is questioned. And so, you know, I, I don't say this arrogantly. I really do mean it. I, I wish somebody uh, would dare to attempt what these guys say they can do and prove it. I wish the cameras would be on live stream and there'd be no music and someone could prove that they really wield a gift like the apostles. I want to, I'd love to see a, a silver and gold. Have I none such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk moment. That, right. that would put the whole thing to rest. The problem is nobody has, nobody can. And that's just further evidence that what we're seeing is mass deception. And, but people want to believe it because we all want to have hope. I get that. But truth is truth. Yeah, absolutely. Truth is truth. Um, uh, Dr. Michael Brown's one of the uh, leading, I, I suppose, apologists for the charismatic movement. And he took me to task because of my uh, statement that I have documented and, and claimed, you know, Benny Hinn, your uncle, claimed to have gone into a hospital in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. This was a, quite a long time ago. But he, he says that he, along with an Episcopal priest, went in and healed one in the hospital. He said it looked like an earthquake had hit the place, and there were cries of joy coming from every room, and everybody in the hospital got healed. And and it's just not true. It just it just it never happened. It never happened. Um, so a lot of, of mass deception. Uh, Kasi, talk tell us a little bit about the music. And of course, I've been to these things, and I know that the music is endless we see it not only with people like your uncle but also now with bethel uh jesus culture this emotionally charged music what tell us talk to us about that and they t- I, I keep hearing them talk about changing the atmosphere to what's going on there um well part of my process here after my conversion you know it's normal at least for me i gotta know this stuff i seek to understand it uh, no disrespect to, to Michael Brown, Dr. Brown, uh, you know, bless his heart. I know he's just trying to do right by what he believes, but um, even people that, that want this movement to be true or they want to back these guys, they just don't know. They're not, they haven't been in the family. They haven't been behind the scenes. And if they have, they're just getting the, the pretty interview that looks nice. So, you know, Dr. Brown can go back on the airwaves and say, you know, I've spent time with these guys. They're legit. No, they're not. I've studied this. You know, from Catherine Coleman, who my uncle heralds as his hero. Michael Brown doesn't know that I've sat in the car with my uncle for hours on end while he listens to Catherine Coleman's tapes over and over and over. He copied her exactly the way Coleman has always used music and the way that she uses the walkout song and yes. the way that she are used special prayers and she looks so saintly and Jesus we give you praise and the hallelujah and all the stuff you know we can get into it and imitate it all day it's yeah. you know name dropping for popularity always introduce the famous person have them sing a few songs you remember Alvin Slaughter and Steve Brock would come and all these wonderful singers my uncle would have celebrities and sometimes have a, some Catholics you know and talk about I love those Catholics you know and his the nuns who raised him and all this stuff that, you know, the stories we heard. And then obviously wild conversions, how you're, you're preaching to the world, and then cue the music again. Gain yeah. the people's trust, have a good time. And at the end of the day, um, 
One of the services my uncle actually calls Catherine Coleman's greatest is the 1975 Vegas Crusade that she did. Yep. And I've since I've studied this, I thought, no wonder, because that's the exact model he copied from her. Uh, the music, the build-up, all of it, singing songs like, You Are the God That Healeth Me, and, you know, we've talked about this before, when he goes up and down and really takes people on an emotional ride, uh, saying things like, you know, pick it up, choir, or Cheryl, you know, play that organ, or just a whisper, and, and God is healing people. Jesus, I give you praise. And doing all of that as a show, and then you hear maybe somebody scream, or so, and he'll say, shh, yes. don't breathe the Holy Spirit, Jesus is here. And everybody is trained mm-hmm. in that, even if they don't know it. They are trained to be reverent to whatever he's about to do. Right. Not God, mm. but Ben. And that's why, you know, people will raise their hands, and what does he do? He delays, he delays, he delays, the music builds, and then what does he yell? Touch! And he screams his head off at the top of his lungs, yelling, touch! And then if they don't, enough, you can watch this on YouTube. I've seen it in person. Uh, I was even in some of those as a kid, just wanting the anointing too. Didn't know what I was doing. You're holding hands with people. He yells, touch! And not enough people fall. You know, two guys that are the big, you know, Benny Hinn fans, we used to growing up call them Benny Hinnites, the ones that really were like crazy about my uncle, Benny Hinnites, the two of them fall, and in order to get the rest of them, touch, 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 he starts yelling it more, and of course what happens, the placebo effect, that psychological pressure for people to fall more and more and more, and, you know, all along, the only ever proof text that they can use is, you remember when Jesus was getting arrested, and they all fell back. That's, that's the only proof text, really. And apparently that's why we should get up on stages, have them all join hands if they want the anointing, and then yell, touch. And But I've been in those, Justin. Let me tell you, I've been in hundreds of them. I'm not blaming my uncle for sin, okay? I'm being honest with you. I was sure. a sinner. I was unregenerate. But I've been in all those. I've been touched while Robert's laid hands on me. I've had prophecies over my life that I'm the next Benny Hinn. I've had it all, been in all of it. And I used to go back and sin. I, it never, it never helped. I went back and in my unregenerate years, I, I, I used alcohol and got drunk. Yeah. And before that, I, you know, I was sexually immoral as a young, as a teenager, doing whatever I wanted. Was the anointing not enough? Was right. God not power? If that was really God touching people, do you really think I would have gone and sinned or would it have been a go and sin no more moment? Exactly. And that's what we got to understand. This stuff looks good, but thousands of people just like me are cha- were just like I'm, I was like that, are chasing something that they don't even understand. False teachers have the blinders, and nobody's getting changed. Nobody's really growing. There is no true lasting regeneration and sanctification happening. I'm not saying that people don't get saved, so I don't want to be misquoted. People are being saved in and out of the movement, but... These aren't genuine touches from God. And the music is a huge part of it. Um, to finish this point off, that's why Bethel Church and Reading, Bethel Music, Jesus Culture, um, I'm not trying to be rude and name drop, I, I'm going to just call it like it is. You got the Kim Walker Smiths of this world. That stuff is so dangerous for millennials, and I am one, because it gets all of these young people into this trans like emotional state. It's really mellow. It's rhythmic music, it's sensual, 
it almost sounds like it should be a love ballad, like a rocker or R&B love ballad on secular radio. It's really, really emotional. And then what do they do? They move into that other part of the service. We're going to touch you. Come to a fire tunnel. God's going to heal you. Who wants this anointing? And they just sit around for hours and hours and hours. These services used to last four or five hours long. Right. And it's really, the enemy has used the music so well to the point where even now I've got friends. I just sat with a couple recently, good friends of ours. And, um, you know, the conversation came up and I said, you know, how you guys doing? They asked about Oak Benny. They asked about our church and some of the theology. And I expressed to them, some of these concerns and um, the wife said well yeah but I mean I don't really care about all that Bethel music is just so amazing at least the music's good and I and I began to tell the wife my friend's wife I said do you understand it it doesn't matter if it looks good and sounds good this is just you think my uncle's a heretic don't you you think he's a false teacher and the wife said absolutely and I said well he's partnered with Bethel it's all cut from the same cloth and she said, well, I don't know. The music's just so nice. I can't imagine. I mean, no. And, and look at that's proof right there. Yeah. We will call Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, Joyce Meyer. We'll call people what they are because what they teach. But don't mess with the music because that taps into our emotions. That's what we like. We're a music culture. So, yeah, it's dangerous, Justin, hands down. Yeah. It no doubt is, and and, and, uh, none of this, I tell people all the time, none of this stuff would work without the music. And as you said earlier, why is it, uh, why is it that, that Benny Hinn, whether it's Benny Hinn or Todd White, who, uh, goes on the street and supposedly lengthens people's legs and all this kind of nonsense, why don't they, if they really had the gift of healing, then the first place they ought to go is St. Jude Children's Hospital. That's right. And heal those sick kids who have cancer, some of them dying of cancer. That should be the first place they go to. But they don't go to the hospitals because they can't control the atmosphere in the hospitals. That's right. And Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it is... This whole movement is so... Uh, predicated upon and built upon emotions it is emotions there's 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 a a very uh profound lack of any kind of doctrine doctrinal understanding doctrine is not the emphasis at all i mean hermeneutics i guarantee you 99 out of 100 charismatics couldn't even tell you what the word is they don't know what justin doctor i don't mean to i'm not trying to cut you off no go ahead Doctrine, doctrine in the circles that I grew up in, that's a four-letter word. <laughs> you do not, you do not say doctrine. Seminary will fill your head with a bunch of puffed-up knowledge, I was told and taught, and it'll ruin the power of God in your life. You don't need all that knowledge. So, for a second, if you just thought about Lucifer's greatest tactic— if he wants a bunch of people to be deceived, why not have a generation filled with emotions, driven by passions, with no knowledge? Why not? Right. What's the best way to fool people in a cult? Keep them ignorant. Yep. What? What did? What, what? Why was there a Reformation? What was the Catholic Church doing? Everybody had Bibles. 
everybody was expositing and people were biblically literate? Absolutely not. What has always been the ploy of false teachers to keep ignorant people ignorant and hopeful and give them false hope and keep them all going. So yeah, I mean, doctrine was just painted as this, um, this evil thing that would ruin us. And wouldn't you know it, the last place I finally thought about going was seminary. By the time I was saved, I thought, no, I, I need to go to seminary. I need to get my, I need to read books. And, but yeah, knowledge is, is painted as what will ruin you. Right. And I can tell you from experience, again, I, I know others have their experience and they'll have their opinions too, but I'll tell you right now that most of these guys uh, that are coming up in the ranks, these younger guys, they know a little bit of their Bible. I would call it scalpel Christianity, kind of like the Jefferson Bible. They've scalpeled out what they don't want, <laughs> yeah. and they stick to one or two things. Um, this scalpel-style Christianity, they're going to live on signs and wonders and healing, and these guys don't know their Bible. And that's just the long and short of it. So they live in two or three texts, and next thing you know, it's a signs and wonders focus, and nobody is actually getting biblically literate. Right, right. Yep, you're exactly, every, everything you are saying, Costi, is just spot on, spot on. It so resonates with me because I've seen it over and over and over and over. And one of the one of the marks of a false teacher, one of the several marks of a false teacher, is they, they will actually encourage you to disengage rational thought, uh, put, put your right. mind in neutral, uh, because reason is the enemy in this in this reason is the enemy so you 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 don't think you don't study doctrine and theology that's you know those are as as you said they're four letter words in this movement and and it's unspiritual and you're going to you're going to you're going to quench the spirit with your doctrine and your theology and your head knowledge that's you're going to quench the spirit and you put god in a box and all of these cliche arguments and yet Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, In this I pray that your love would abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. <laughs> so the, That's right. Yeah, the Bible, knowledge of God and love for God are not antithetical. They're, they're congruent with one another. They're complementary with one another. You can't, you can't have one without the other. And, and, um, That's right. Yeah, so... All these people that say that they uh, doctrine and theology are bad and don't need them, and then all these folks they they don't love God nearly as much as they profess to love Him. So, very very interesting. Right. Yeah, very interesting. Well, um, let's see, Kelsey, I have just another couple of minutes here. Um, what would you like to? Where do you want to go from here? Do you want to? Uh, I, there's a couple more things I want to ask you about. Some of the Tell me about. Let, let's talk about this. The, the, uh, where do I? Several. Things. Okay. Fa- let's talk about some of the false prophecies. Your your uncle is well known for a litany of false prophecies. Um, how does how does he explain those? Away. Great question. Great question. Um, you know, as best as I can. You know, I know on this on this segment of the program, I've said some things that I know can be misquoted or. or, or re- rebutted by those who um, might disagree, but as best as I can, I'll tell you how he would explain it or how he even has, um, dismisses it, uh, would say everybody makes mistakes, or, again, my personal favorite is always the do not touch the Lord's anointed or speak against a man of God, 
And, you know, I, growing up, there were one or two instances in which some people that had uh, criticized my uncle or my father had died. Um, one woman actually died of, of, of tumors that had uh, spread all over her body, cancerous. Yeah. And, um, and so oddly enough, that was the kind of launch point for my dad and for some others to say, you know, that's what happens if you criticize a man of God. And Justin, it crippled people with fear. Yeah, uh, It crippled me. It crippled me with fear. In the beginning of my conversion, I thought, well, I, I know I have the truth now, but I don't really want to say anything because what if one of my kids drops dead or what if my wife ends up with breast cancer one day? You know, she's a she's a woman and that's that there's high percentages of that in 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 America today. I mean, what, what if a common disease attaches itself to my family or my newborn experiences SIDS, which again happens, but all of a sudden it's linked to that I said truth against my family. These things cripple people right. with fear. And so everybody's afraid to challenge the truth. But we got to remember, um, these are false prophets. You're not speaking against a man of God, if that was even a problem. Uh, you're you're not speaking against somebody who teaches rightly about Christ. You're not speaking about Christ's anointed preachers and teachers or men that he is using. You're speaking about false teachers. So it's just a straw man yeah. uh, that they kind of build up, and and then they use these one or two instances. Um, another one would be, you know, my uncle, one of my uncles sued Uncle Benny back in the day. This is common knowledge. It's in some of the books that have been written. And, you know, my aunt, bless her heart, my other uncle's wife, she got arthritis some years after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big thing was that's what happens if you touch Uncle Benny. Yeah, yeah. Arthritis will hit your house. That's not right. That's not biblical. Right. She could have had arthritis because it was uh, genetic or hereditary. She could have had arthritis just because lots of people get it. Right. And, um, and so that's one of the things that I'm linking it to the false prophecies because it keeps people quiet. Um, the most recent one, I did have a conversation with my dad um, about two months ago now, it was around Christmas time, and I asked him, you know, I said, I call my dad Baba, because in Arabic, Abba, like Baba, I said, Bub, yeah. I call him Bub for short. I said, Bub, come on, Uncle Benny, Fidel Castro, you know, the homosexual community is going to burn, all that stuff in the 90s. I was too young, but Everybody knows about that now. People have said, that's not true. It never can. He said, oh, Costi, that's old stuff. Listen, listen, everybody says stuff that's not, you know, they make mistakes. That, that's so old. And again, don't say this. I'm not trying to dishonor my father or disrespect him. I'm just, the truth is the truth. Even my own family can't even give me a good explanation, biblically. Right. And, and we've, Justin, you and I have talked about this, and I'm, I'm fully in agreement the biblical gift of prophecy, even just prophecy in the Bible in the Old Testament, they go 10 for 10, 100 for 100. They bat a 1,000. I'm a baseball guy. So, you know, you, you hit 300, you're getting the Hall of Fame in baseball. Mm-hmm. As a prophet, that's false prophecy. Yeah. You can't go 6 for 10, 8 for You can't even go 9 for 10. You have to bat a 1,000. And right. he's not, but it's said that, well, that's old news. Oh, that's just criticisms. And so um, I hope that's helping someone and, and really explaining that the, yeah. the, the hidden family ourselves can't even explain 
our false prophecies. I say our because, you know, I was part of the family. So when you can understand the frustration and sometimes the disappointment when men like Dr. Michael Brown, I'm a young guy, I don't belong in any circles talking with some of these brilliant men. I'm just saying this, though, to be honest. When men like Dr. Michael Brown get up and vouch for my uncle and vouch for these guys, they, I know they're well-meaning, but our own people, our own last name can't explain what people with our last name are doing. So how in the world is anyone else going to defend that? Yeah. So I guess, I, I hope that helps. Again, I'm not trying to be rude. No, no, no. I, I know you're not, and I think everybody can, can hear that you're not, Costi. So uh, it, truth is, truth is true. And you know, when you say you're not trying to dishonor your father, I know you're not because the most honoring thing we can do for our friends and family members, the most loving thing that we can do for them is to tell them the truth. The truth is love. So you are actually honoring your family and, or, or maybe not honor, but re- being respectful and truly loving your family by, by telling the truth. So Kasi, thank you. It does. It does, brother. Trust me. It does. Absolutely. Well, dear friends, uh, thank you very much for joining me. We will have at least one more program, one more interview with Costi. And until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, interested in more teaching resources or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference you may contact him at justinpeters.org